the the other thing that always kind of irks me about reviews is annual. It's it's mm. once a year, and I, I use this example regularly when I when I talk about them. For me, it's going to the gym once on January first, right, and expecting six pack abs and looking like Jeremy Allen White in a Calvin Klein campaign. It's not gonna happen. So when we talk about building that trust, how much of that is solely on the annual review or should there be quarterly reviews? Should there be weekly reviews? What is too much? What is too little? And I think we're all, no matter whether we like them or not, we're all in agreement. You need to review your work. You, you have to have that critical back and forth. Because like I mentioned before, if it's all sunshine and roses and butterflies all the time, you're never going to get better, right? If you yes. don't hit that adversity, if you don't get that pushback, you're not going to improve. Welcome, 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 everyone, and happy Thursday. It is time for your favorite show on the internet, Talent Experience Live, the show that covers everything that you need to know in talent acquisition, recruiting, HR, talent management, and everything in between. This That has paid the bills. It is time to talk about the real topic at hand. Uh, the calendar has switched from 2023 to 2024, which means it is time for everyone's favorite ooh, annual reviews. Um, I think I speak for the majority of folks that say they dread them. They do not look forward to them. And the folks that I think do look forward to them look forward to reviews for the wrong reasons. It may be salary discussions, promotions, and everything in between. Today, we're going to dive into if that's really what the review should be about and why so many folks dread it, why they think it is awful. I know I have some hot takes on this and my guest today has even hotter takes. We're going to take it back to what feels like an episode of First Take in 2009 with Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless, and we are going to dive into annual reviews. So without any further hesitation, here is my guest, JD. Oh, thanks, Devin. Yeah. I'm awesome. Uh, I feel awesome. I'm glad to be back on the program. <laughs> I love your expectation around hot takes. Mm -hmm. uh, that feels good to me. So uh, thanks. Uh, it feels good to be back in the studio. It's, it's been a while since I've been here. It has been a while. I agree. You are awesome as well. And it feels awesome to be here. JD, we talked you know, about annual reviews before on this show. Yes. And there seems to be a common theme, a common thread of dread right? People don't look Ooh. forward to them. Um, they are anxious about them. And I think a lot of people leave an annual review wanting more or not getting what they expected from it. Why do you think that is? Well, I mean, should we do an icebreaker question? I love icebreaker questions. So, I mean, should we get to the audience and do an icebreaker question? Like, like yeah. who has, who has not had, uh, a great annual review. Who, who's been disappointed in the review? Who's had the dread, right? Has anyone had the dread? I think this is something we all connect to. Mm -hmm. We've all had dread. Yeah. Have we not? I, I think so. I know that there are, maybe I, I haven't dreaded every annual review or the entire review itself, yeah. but there are certainly aspects that I have. How about yourself? I've actually, I've might surprise you. I've never had a, a bad formal review in your review. I've never had a bad one. All of mine have been pretty good. All of them have been positive. Do you, do you get anxious leading up to them? No, no, 
Never? No, I'm joking whatsoever. <laughs> I, I, I like no review has been positive. I, I joke around about this all the time. We used to call this the annual disappointment review because of how often you go into a review like this and all of a sudden it, uh, it doesn't turn out the way you want it. And yes, all the anxiety and stress and worry and everything. I think that's natural. And I think every single person that is tuning in right now or listening to this clip on demand, every single person has had an annual performance review and not been happy about how it's gone. Yeah. I think that is a universal truth. I, I couldn't agree more. And I think a lot of that has to do with the expectations beforehand, right? What has been set in stone or what has the manager told the employee what the review consists of, mm -hmm. right? Um, a lot of people think, oh, it's you know about moving forward. It's 2024. What I did well last year areas of improvement. Mm -hmm. And then what I did well, again, the old Oreo or sandwich method, Ooh. as they refer to it, which we'll get into a little bit later. But I think that anxiety comes from a lack of expectation setting of what this consists of, mm -hmm. what we are looking at from the previous year, and what is a topic that isn't for the annual review. Yeah. So I think today, what we're going to do for the audience is we're going to really break it down. And we're going to go through each part and ask some of those hardball questions that you want to, the hot takes to really get into this thing. Let's debate. Because I know from working with Devin for a while, we have different opinions. And we we should express those opinions because it's probably a better reflection of our audience. I, I agree. And I think everyone has a, a different opinion. And when we break it down to a manager and employee level, mm -hmm. they're going to have different yes. opinions as well. So yeah. let's, let's kick it off, right? You, sure. you mentioned the anxiety that goes into an annual review. How can a, a manager perhaps relieve anxiety? And then from an employee perspective, I think you're in an interesting situation, one that I can't relate to, where you both give reviews mm -hmm. and get reviewed. So are there any preparations that you do for each that may differ? Yeah. So let's, let's you're asking first, is there anxiety or we just uh, agree and accept there is anxiety? Yeah, I, I would agree and accept that there is anxiety. All right. I agree with you. I think yeah. I think we all have anxiety as a manager and as a leader in doing several reviews where I'm where I'm giving it. Even I have anxiety. Mm -hmm. I have anxiety. Even our top like like say, take your top 10 performers. There's still anxiety giving top 10 performers uh, review as it relates to giving anyone a review, meaning it doesn't matter how great someone is performing, there's still some level of anxiety going into a review, even from a manager perspective. There may be less, um, but but there's more. So how do you go into them in, in a different state? Let me, let's, let's break this down. Um, I'm gonna tell you a story. So I'll tell you a story. So my wife has brought to my attention on a, on, on a few occasions now that I started snoring. Yes. So she just taps me on the shoulder, said, you're snoring, turn over. And what I feel like she's telling me is that I've gained too much weight. This is an honest, this is an honest story. Yeah. Like this happens. And I feel uh, she's telling me I've gained so much weight. Okay. Um, there was another situation recently last month where I was having, I love drinking soda. I drink two liter bottle of soda every day. So two liter bottle of, of do diet, do or do zero every day. Um, and I was having another glass of soda and she said, Hey, maybe you should like have water or something. 
you know how how I took that? You you were not taking care of your body? No. I took it as once again she feels like I'm gaining weight and maybe she's not as attractive yeah. to me. So the, the snoring and the, the Yeah, the snoring and the soda consumption, yeah. but but it wasn't the consumption. For me, I'm enjoying the soda. Why can't I have another one? It, she's not saying you can't. Yeah. She's saying suggesting maybe I should have some water or juice or something else. But I I took that as I'm gaining weight again. Yeah. Right. So we talk about the stress and anxiety going into the review. My uh, moral of this story is I was I'm not in a very healthy place when she's giving me feedback. Like she is, she is saying things that when you think about it, why is she saying that? Because she cares about me, because she cares about my health, because she wants me to live a few more years longer than I'm probably scheduled to do that. But in my mind, my anxiety, myself, I'm not allowing myself to be really receptive to, to any feedback in that situation. Yes, yeah, it, it sounds like she's coming from a place of, of caring, right? Uh, yes. Coming from a place of trying to better you, right? Yes. And correlating that to the annual review process, I'm going to circle back to the question you asked before. Are there, is there anybody who isn't anxious? And I think those folks would be people who aren't anticipating any negative feedback, right? Mm -hmm. Any criticisms of their performance the previous year, which if you're in a review, you mentioned it could be the top 10 employees yeah. that you have. If there's no criticism, there's no growth, right? Yes. And as organizations, as human beings, as employees, we want to consistently move up and towards the right. So the anxiousness comes from people who aren't or are expecting that feedback, which then you start to psychoanalyze yourself and say, oh, I did mess up on that project mm -hmm. in quarter one or whatever. I hope that doesn't have a negative impact on my review. But, right. But but what you're saying, what I'm saying, it's coming down to it's coming down to the one thing which we're saying is to come into to enter your annual review cycle or your process to go into that process. You have to enter it in for yourself, getting the review, get, being reviewed in a very healthy mindset. Your own healthy mindset needs to be there and you need to be very open to learning and understanding and hearing that feedback. Yeah. If not, no matter what the feedback is, positive, negative, it likely is not going to be taken as it's intended. Yeah. And that's not a good situation for either the manager, but it's really a bad situation for the person as well. Similar to the feedback my wife was giving me that was the best intended in said, and by the way, very nice and polite ways. It was me who was literally having the, the challenge of, of receiving that because I wasn't open to receiving that. No, I, I think that makes sense. And a, a big aspect of probably communicating from there on out is, is the trust that you yes. have with your wife, right? And having trust in a work setting with your manager to <clears throat> understand that the critical feedback you're getting isn't detrimental to your career, right? How do you build that trust there where it's, Jitty, you really screwed up on that project, but we want to make that not happen again. How do you have that happen? I'll tell you what, that this is probably one of the hardest things, I think, for anybody. Yeah. Um, because you're keying on something that is ridiculously hard. What is what is the whole point of the review? Like, oh, I'm coming in the review and most people are coming in to review and they want to talk about all the great things they did because we're all working our butts off all year long and we want have to have some validation that what we did was awesome, right? So we want that. So I already have a natural tendency going into review not to 
really want to focus on or talk about the challenging things. But the other underlying reason, not just because it makes me feel good or bad, I feel like when you're mentioning something that I have a challenge on or can improve upon, you're using that against me when it comes to maybe a promotion, maybe pay, right? Like I don't, I don't want to be so vulnerable in my performance review because I'm worried there'll be repercussions. And I think that's natural because the annual performance review feels like a transactional process. I, you couldn't be more wrong, right? It come or no more wrong. <laughs> you couldn't it, it be happens. more wrong. <laughs> it happens. I'm wrong all the time. More right from a from a transactional process. It is a date and time on the calendar that comes, whether you like it or not. Right? It is always going to be there, just like a transaction at the store where you go pick something up. Mm -hmm. The cash register is always going to be there at the end, and you are going to have to pay whatever it is for the product that you want. The one thing that I, I think you touched on there a little bit was it's a transaction. It's tough to build that trust. I want to ask you because it is, has this negative connotation. Do you think it's because some of these critical conversations don't happen enough throughout the year, right? Where there isn't that building of trust on a regular basis that when it comes down to budget season and, you know, annual review process bonuses come out at some point down the line where people want to shy away from that negative stuff because it hasn't been talked about throughout the year. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like we'll, we keep doing is we keep unpacking something that needs to be unpacked more and then yeah. unpacked again and then unpacked further. Yeah. Right. So we started about having the right mindset and health personally to come into review. Now we're transitioning into, well, how like how do you become open to talking about vulnerabilities mm -hmm. and not feel like they're going to be used against you in some way and they shouldn't be well why shouldn't they be well they shouldn't be if what we're unpacking next is how do you go from a transactional relationship yeah. transactional feeling of reviews to something that is more ongoing right and that really is the true reinvention but i would stop short in saying that consistent feedback alone makes it less transactional. You can have consistent transactional feedback and still not want to be vulnerable, right? And still not be very open to feedback. I think, I think that's fair. Uh, one way that I know I try to bring to my review process is, and this isn't going to work for everyone. I, mean, I, I think actually you vehemently disagree with it, but it is the opportunity as an employee to also give feedback to your manager mm -hmm. on what works for you. You know yourself better than anyone else, better than your family does, better than your coworkers do, better than you know the people that you ride next to yep. on the train. So bringing that opportunity to say, hey, when it comes to me being managed, negativity doesn't necessarily work best for me. Mm -hmm. I understand it's going to help me get better, but when I do do something correct, the praise helps me move mm -hmm. along. Like that's something that for me, I need yeah. to express that has made it less transactional for mm -hmm. me because it's now a back and forth conversation and I'm not the focal point. However, I know you have different thoughts where maybe employees shouldn't bring improvements to, to managers because that meeting isn't about them. Right. And it could yeah. get sidetracked. Let's save that for the hot take. 
All right. Like, like I want to specifically you and I address that on a hot take. And That's the hot fine. take is going to be in a few minutes when we, when you specifically ask the question, should a, a should an employee bring feedback, two-way feedback yeah. to their manager during their review? That feels like a debate. So let, let's let's get there. Okay. Still in the transactional relationship, let's give the audience how do you go from a transactional relationship to truly um Maybe, uh, I don't know what you'd call it if it's not transactional. Um, it is cordial, I don't know. cordial. Uh, <laughs> uh, how about partnering, nurturing, transaction, caring transaction, not mm -hmm. transactional. It doesn't feel like I'm at the, about the checkout doing yeah. something. And I think whether you're having a review consistently and getting feedback or whether you're doing it annually, what we're talking about is relationship. And we're really talking about that the employee and manager need a relationship. I think that's different than them being friends. I do. I really do. I, I think there is confusion that, uh, well, if we're friends, the review goes easier. That's actually not the case. In my experience, it's not the case. Friendship has nothing to do with whether a review goes easier or not. But what, where friendship seems to work is it's easier for a manager and employee to have difficult conversations because you have a trusting relationship. But you can have a trusting relationship with employees and managers without friendship being involved. Yeah. And I have that with many, many of the workers here. Mm -hmm. And I feel like what we need to do is we need to have that trusting, confident relationship because then we can talk about these vulnerabilities. We could talk about these challenges. We could talk about these areas of improvement in the employee doesn't feel like they're going to be penalized. Yeah. They don't feel like that's going to be brought up as the blocker as to why the justification of why a certain action is taking place, meaning feel, feeling penalized, feeling slapped on the wrist or on, or on the fingers with a ruler. Yeah. That's not going to happen. That doesn't mean those individuals aren't held back from uh, titles or promotions or something, but it means that they're being held back for reasons that can be understood, explained, mm -hmm. articulated, accepted in many ways. And when you have a relationship, all of that can happen. When you don't have a relationship, it's hard for any of that to happen. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think in our daily lives, we can trust people that we don't necessarily have a relationship with. And I'm going to you know, use a wild example, but mm -hmm. if you hop into an Uber, right, you trust the person is going to get you from point A to point B. And just because you don't want to talk to them, even though they may be a chatty Uber driver, doesn't mean that you don't trust them, right? You don't have that friendship to share your life story and how you ended up in the back of this Uber that particular night. Now, obviously that's a little bit of a lighthearted example, but I think what you're really getting to is if you're friends with your your manager, it's probably not going to be the best review because it's easy to have those tough conversations. But at the end of the day, you're going to say, oh, it's just it's just my buddy, right? They don't they don't really mean it there. I, they always have my back wherever it is. I'm going to continue to go down that road versus actually building the trust to have that back and forth and look for that improvement and be maybe extra critical of somebody that you have a great relationship with because you want the best for them, right? Mm -hmm. it, does that make sense? I kind of talked in circles it, a little it bit It makes sense for me. I would I would also categorize it in something that's often not talked about. And I categorize this in, I feel if you are working on your career path and you want the best from yourself, your 
fastest growth, being most successful, what you need to do is you need to ensure that you're working very closely one to two, max three levels away from your champion. What does that mean? It means one of those three chain of commands knows your ability, your potential, believes in you, trusts in you, gain the confidence, and they're looking out for you. Because if you know, wow, that some, someone is a champion of mine, it means you trust them to help you grow. So when that critical feedback comes along in your life where you don't want to accept, you know that actually is probably pretty accurate feedback. Um, it's probably something I should work on. But when I'm winning or failing at working on that improvement, I'm not going to be held back because of it, right? And so it, it's, I, I really believe you have, to, you have to work very closely to one of your champions um, to grow as quickly as you can. But part of it isn't what it sounds like. It's not your best friend because they have your back. Mm -hmm. It's the champion that sees your potential and is helping guide and grow you without you um, maybe uh, without with you accepting that feedback, yeah. without you rejecting that feedback. Makes sense. Um, the, the other thing that always kind of irks me about reviews, right, is annual. It's it's mm. once a year. And I, I use this example regularly when I when I talk about them. For me, it's going to the gym once on January 1st, right? And expecting six pack abs and looking like Jeremy Allen White in a Calvin Klein campaign. It's not gonna happen. So when we talk about building that trust, how much of that is solely on the annual review or should there be quarterly reviews? Should there be weekly reviews? What is too much? What is too little? And I think we're all, no matter whether we like them or not, we're all in agreement. You need to review your work. You, you have to have that critical back and forth. Because like I mentioned before, if it's all sunshine and roses and butterflies all the time, you're never going to get better, right? If you yes. don't hit that adversity, if you don't get that pushback, you're not going to improve. So what do you think is a healthy balance of building that relationship as well as receiving criticism? I, I, I feel that the balance is consistency and it's going to be different for every employee and manager relationship. It, what, what is being consistent? Uh, yeah. Annuals way too long, like, like one a year, but there's an advantage of doing annual one time. It's a fresh start. It's a new, new, yeah. right? It's like, a, I, you've heard me say this before here, even like Monday is great for a reason because it's a fresh start of the week, mm -hmm. right? The first of the month is awesome because it's a fresh start of the month. The new year. Great. We're in a new year. I can do new resolutions. I can set new goals. So a refresh or a reset is critical and very important, but how often should it be weekly, monthly, quarterly? What is it? Um, as long as it's consistent and as long as there's that open opportunity for the employee to voice challenges, concerns, open discussions around career path, mm -hmm. we're going to get to it open discussions around salary. We're going to get to it. one of the hot takes. Like there should be an outlet on a consistent basis that you are having true feedback yeah. sessions in discussions. Um, that's going to be different for everyone. Some people can go three months and, and skip a few. Some people want that feedback always in, in, in the like monthly or every other week. So I think consistent is the right thing. The reset every year is good, but for the reason of the reset, and, and recap, not good for the reason of, oh my gosh, you just surprised me with five things that we've never talked about before, which is 
part of what still happens and blows my mind. Yeah. And I, I think it, it's, it's different to each individual to your point. And we all are in understanding that the annual review happens so that there's documentation to it, right? Mm -hmm. Like so that you can track your progress over the course of a tenure at an organization, right? It is something that is oftentimes sponsored or run by human resources, right? It you, you fill out the online pamphlet, the checklist, the one to 10, strongly agree, disagree, whatever it looks like in your organization, there is a track record of this mm -hmm. versus I think the feedback loop that you're talking about may not have that, right? It, it may not be as formal, but that doesn't mean it can't be as impactful. That's right. Like, how are you doing with this project? How are these three tasks going? Okay, they're not going great. They're, they're going good. Um, hey, we just launched this campaign. It didn't perform very well. Like, like, why didn't it perform very well? Right? Like, yeah. like, let's talk about that. Maybe there was an actual problem that happened. Yeah. And we need to reflect on that because we didn't do as good a job as we thought we we should do mm -hmm. and that's great to do you might mention that on your annual review but in your regularly occurring reviews or your consistent feedback that can be talked about improvements can be uh, talked about at time but all the way we're talking about all these improvements improvements what about praise yeah what about you mentioned you like the constant acknowledgement mm -hmm. And you're open i know you well you're open to feedback and criticism mm -hmm. but you also want the same in return related to positivity, yeah. right? And that's a great thing, right? And, and that should happen. And that definitely shouldn't wait a year from now because it wouldn't work for you, right? Because <laughs> we're all individuals. And yeah. so as, as managers and leaders, we need to really understand our folks and who needs what. We need to carve out that time to make sure it's happening. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. I want to get into the hot takes. Hot but takes. I also want to make sure, is there anything else specific to annual reviews that may not be a hot take that you wanted to express to the audience before we jump into the real the real bangers. Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for the close up, Justin. I just want to give a, a shout out. I'm going to have a performance review with my son later tonight after his basketball game. Uh, so, Jack, if you're listening, good luck tonight. I hope to make the game, but we'll definitely do a review. <laughs> Jack, I'm, I'm sorry that he's not there right now. <laughs> it's definitely my fault, but we'll record it and we'll get the review and, and we'll all review it. But um Hot takes, JD. Yeah. Salary comes up in annual reviews. Salary. Often That's taboo. It, taboo. It is. When nobody talks about salary, right? Um, should it come up in the annual review or should it not? I have an opinion. I know you have an opinion as well. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is probably the biggest band-aid we can rip off is mm -hmm. salary conversations. Mm -hmm. uh, I... I have my approach, which is separate salary conversations from your annual performance review. This is me personally, because I don't think there's anything good that comes out of merging those two conversations. They're different conversations. One does generally affect the other, but it's a very different conversation. However, that's my personal view. Um, usually as managers and employees, we are at times at mercy of how companies run their annual reviews. Some companies have them tied together, other companies do not. You have to go along with what the company has. You, you can't make your own rules up. Uh, but no, I think they should be separate because I don't think anything good comes from um, talking about salary at the same time you're trying to talk about good things that someone has done or challenges that they, they should work on. But what's your take? Well, I agree. And I, I think I agree for a different reason. Mm. It is because when we have salary expectations, if you don't have that back and forth conversation with a manager, 
throughout the year, that's going to be the only focal point of the entire conversation, right? You can spend an hour and a half buttering an employee up and then you don't have the budget for the salary increase that they expected, or you do, and they just had a different expectation than what you had, right? You don't have that trust mm -hmm. that we talked about earlier. All those good things in one ear and out the other, right? You could talk about it all. Or the one critical aspect they are going to think is what kept them from getting to that point. So I agree. It should be separate. I think the challenge is the timeline of annual reviews, right? Mm -hmm. I mentioned before, it happens at the start of the new year. It happens at budget season when people are starting to configure numbers. It happens typically right before bonus season for organizations. So it feels like it should be happen mm -hmm. there. But to your point, I think it should be separate. It's just challenging to do that because if you do praise someone, they're going to immediately say, all right, what's, what's next? Where, where's my promotion? Where's my, my salary? If I'm so good, why aren't you <laughs> exactly. making it rain? Yep. Right. Exactly. Make it rain. Look, I'm mm -hmm. so good. Or if I'm so bad, oh my gosh, now I'm not going to get what I thought I would get. Right. So, so nothing's good coming out of it. And I think, okay, let's dissect nothing good coming out of it a little more. Yeah. Part of the annual performance review is to, should be to truly have that reset to talk about and praise some of the things that were recapped that you should have already talked about seven times already. Yep. Maybe you get into it a little deeper level in your annual review, right? Maybe a little mm -hmm. deeper level. Um, so you have some good, you have some bad, you have some praise, you have some areas to work on. And it's different for all individuals. If hanging over your head coming into the meeting is salary. Salary is always a taboo topic. I don't mm -hmm. care who you are. You be the richest man in the world. It's probably like, Price still, I'm going to negotiate those terms. Look mm -hmm. how great I did. Look how, look at what our stock looks like. It's out the roof, right? Yeah. Um, it's still hanging over your head no matter what. But that's not what the meeting's for. The meeting's not to have this extra anxiety. Yeah. We talked about it. it's hard enough to be in a right, healthy mental position to receive feedback. So we're going to make that more complex with having salary in the mm -hmm. conversation. So it's why even have it? Mm -hmm. Just come in there and talk about salary. We're just coming there and talking about performance. That That's why I feel strongly you separate the two. It's not one doesn't reflect the other. Many times they do. Mm -hmm. Many times they're happening at the same time period. Yeah. But to have an employee come in and even a manager come in, both be in healthy states, lower the anxiety level, lower the stress level. Uh, I think it's best if they're separated. Yeah. I, I, and I think to, to tie it into talent acquisition, right, a little bit. We're starting to see, I think, a culture shift around salary where folks aren't saving it for the last part of the interview process, mm -hmm. right? It comes out front as to not waste anybody's time. And as a byproduct of that, it's a separate conversation than the interview itself mm -hmm. or talking if this is the right role for me. It's let's have this conversation separately on what compensation should be versus what the job entails almost a similarity there where it's let's talk about the job you did do separately versus what compensation looks like mm -hmm. the byproduct of this. And I do see a comment from the LinkedIn user. We're going to get to that in, in just a moment. However, a question that I have for you, JD is having that conversation around salary that isn't in this time frame. A lot of managers from my experience mm -hmm. and pop culture will tell you if somebody asks about money. They're, 
They want it or they're looking to leave. Not a, you know, yeah, an ultimatum. However, it sends up those warning signals, yes. those red flags of, uh-oh, we got to do something about this. Yeah, I I love this because it is it is such a challenging topic. It, and it's a challenge to managers, leaders, HR professionals, and the employee. Like salary is just one of those hot buttons. It's difficult, Yeah. right? Um, so what you're saying is, it's like, okay, well, what, like, should we, here's how I take, you just asked, yeah. should we normalize how we approach and when we approach salary conversations? Yeah. That's how I took it. Mm -hmm. I, I believe the answer is yes. Yeah. An employee and manager should be able to talk about salary anytime. They should be able to come revisit it multiple times a year, especially if there's a disconnect between what the employee feels and where the manager is. Mm -hmm. um, it's healthy. But there's a caution, as you know, right? Because we talk about these things. It doesn't mean you're going to have an outcome that everyone's pleased with. Yeah. But there's a big difference between having the ability and openness to talk about things, salary or not anything, yeah. talk about things openly and consistently and actually get to a place where someone goes, oh, that's exactly what I wanted. That mm -hmm. may not happen. But the conversation shouldn't be avoided. Um, I think when you talk about salary through the year, if there is a disconnect, it allows the manager to work more closely with the employee. So the employee understands what does it take to get where I think I should be. Mm -hmm. um, let's face it. This could be controversial. Managers have HR teams that they can talk to about these things. Yep. Who does the employee have to talk to about these things? No one. At Jeeves online. They can ask Jeeves on what it is. Um, you, you raise an excellent point because employees can only talk to their manager. That is the, the one person in those. If they wanted to talk to their, their coworkers, I know salary transparency is a, a very hot topic mm -hmm. in the industry. It's something that some organizations have, others don't. Not all organizations are like professional sports where you can see Somebody's making $60 million a year or whatever it is. And there's reasons for both sides. But back to your point is employees can't even talk to their coworkers about right. it, right? They, they don't know what the person next to them makes. They don't know what the person in a different department makes. All they have is online resources, which mm -hmm. as we saw throughout the pandemic could skew, right. could skyrocket. I know yep. a bunch of people job hopped and there were TikToks about how you have to change your jobs every six months in order to keep up with the Joneses. Um, totally different topic there, but there's no one for employees, That's right? right? No, employees have less. Um, if, if their manager is not giving yeah. them the openness, permission, the confidence to be able to talk about these things, where do they turn? It just leads to more anxiety and potentially animosity in some toxic areas. Like, like no one wants that. The employee doesn't want it. The manager doesn't want it. HR doesn't want it. No one wants it. Mm -hmm. So, so where we're at with salary, we agree. Salary should be separated from the annual performance review, although there is a tie-in, but it should be normalized that salary can be talked about throughout the year where it makes sense or where there's any concerns. Is that fair? I think so. You have to start small and work your way up because salary is so taboo. Last year, we saw job postings in states that required it that had ranges from $100,000 to $500,000 a year. Those two employees look very different, I, I am sure. sure. I'm so sure. It's, it, it's small steps of building the relationship with the people close to you, your manager, 
and having those conversations regularly, maybe not every mm -hmm. week, but frequently enough to understand that it's a concern. You're not a flight risk as an employee and also setting clear standards as to how to get there. Exactly. Right? Taking, you said it, taking the mystery out of some mm -hmm. of these conversations. Yeah. yeah. Um, I want to hop to this Hot LinkedIn take. user. Um, it says, if I, can you read that? If better? there's yeah. time, here we go. It's on the board. <laughs> if there's time after hot takes, uh, how do you use what you learn as part of the performance management process to inform potential changes to future hires? Um, how do you do, how do you uh, learn as part of the performance management process to inform hmm. potential changes to future hires? potential changes. Uh, I don't know if I follow all of the question, but let's just unpack a little bit of it. Um, for future hires, I don't know. I think maybe in the interview process, it could be talked about openly, Yeah. right? Like that's one thing it can be talked about. For a future hire, you can address some of the things you know what's going up. How does your process work? When does it occur? Like mm -hmm. you can help normalize the conversation and relationship from the start, especially yep. if it's the hiring manager that is heavily involved in any of the interview process. That's one way. Mm -hmm. And I think the, uh, another thing, I don't know if this is directly to the question, but a, a manager who is partaking in these annual reviews, if you, uh, you know, get feedback on what the job is, right? We've talked about job descriptions yep. oftentimes don't reflect how fast the world is changing and how mm -hmm. quickly work is. So it allows you for, if you're hiring for multiple people in that position, I'll use, you know, a, a SDR as an example, a, mm -hmm. a career that I had in the past. No one used AI tools previously for crafting emails or coming up with things or generative images, right? That's something new that can be brought up in the interview process for new hires and say, hey, we're going to want you to spend less time crafting, you know, these specific emails and mm -hmm. more time making them carbon copied so yep. that we can be personalized and reach the folks that we want. So that that's my thought is Here, jobs yeah. are ever changing. Here's another way that that the 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 viewer may have intended it. What what have you learned on what for your own employees what they're doing well and where people are struggling with? And how do you take that information knowing how people I like to say it this way how, what does it take to thrive in this environment on this marketing team? Mm -hmm. Here's what it takes to thrive. So what I can say is individuals based upon their performance reviews over the past few years have these types of traits. They naturally thrive on this team. Yep. Now, reversely, what we've seen folks not thrive, not do well, are these types of, of things. It could be culture, it could be skill set, it could be drive, but here are the types of things people have challenges with and struggle and, and that force them not to thrive. So if you bake those conversations into the interview process for future hires, I think you, you have a you have a better potential for that individual to self-select that it is not the right environment in yourselves to get it right related to hiring because hiring is two way. It is not one way. It is not just the organization chose you. You as a candidate are choosing the organization and that's evident over the last few years. It's very strong. Absolutely. Um, I want to jump back into hot, hot takes. takes. You cool with it? Yes. No, Next I'm hot, hot with it. <laughs> Next hot take. The review process needs a review, right? So you have your annual review. Let's say it's February 2nd. I sure. don't even know if that's a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whenever it is. You have the conversation with your manager. I think there should be a set day or meeting two, three days afterwards 
where the employee can review the review itself, right? Oftentimes you're going through, a lot, it's a year's worth hmm. of information. It's a year's worth of dissection. That can be overwhelming. And to your point, if you get some of that negative feedback, everything positive you said is tossed to the side, right? It mm -hmm. is now oh. a focal point of that. Yes. Allow for, my hot take is, allow for cooler heads to prevail where you have the initial review process, then it can be digested and dissected and an employee can ask questions yep. a couple days later rather than, it's like an interview, right? Where it's, you have any questions for me? No, I don't because it's information overload right now, mm -hmm. but I wrote down these three basic ones that I'd love to give back to you. You're not getting to the crux of what the point is. It's where you need to be and, and what you need. So the review of the review. Okay, my hot take. Yeah. My hot take on the review of the review yeah. is it should be part of your general discussions and one-on-ones with that individual. I don't think you need an extra one built in. I think what you would say is if you don't have those regularly recurring meetings, yes, then then build one in. Build one in. It shouldn't be four days. Make it make it a couple weeks. Um, especially if someone wants to come to the table with some action items or improvement plans or like any reflection. So it should be a couple weeks. Okay. Um, but if you have regular meetings and you don't need one, maybe you just agree that, Hey, in the next one-on-one, -on -one, let's, let's talk a little bit more about some of the things in this review. Right. But let's be honest, we're all agreeing. There should be fewer and fewer and fewer surprises during that review. Yeah. So the importance of the review for the review, the re-review yeah. is just more of the feeling good Yes, we're still on the same page. Oh, by the way, I had some feedback for you. Yeah. So what about the hot take of, do you bring feedback for your manager during the review? So I have a, I have a strong opinion on this. I think yes, um, because as a manager, you are going to have your own annual review with your boss and your boss's boss yes. and your boss's boss. It, the, the list goes on. It gives a manager and... I don't speak from experience yes. here, but I think it gives a manager an opportunity to self-reflect a bit more based on how your peers are, because mm. now that is part or not how your subordinates, your employees are, because now that is part of your job, right? It is not just performance-based. It's also how you manage individuals. Mm. And if you give not an open forum, but an opportunity for an employee to say, hey, is there anything that I can improve on? when it comes to managing you specifically, it gives that opportunity for you to say, oh, maybe I could make this tweak and then apply that to your own self-evaluation and your own review. But Devin, if we were friends, I will be nice to you during the review and then you can be nice to me during the review and, and we'll just, it'll feel good. Yeah. It'll, right? It, it will feel good. But the things that I think are, don't feel good are what improve you the best. Right. Mm. And we could pull up a bunch of motivational quotes about Rocky and it's not about how hard you get hit. It's about how hard you get hit and stand back up again and everything along those lines. If you're not getting past the rainbows and butterflies, as I mentioned before, you're not going to improve. There's a reason why. And I use athletes as an example, why Kobe is the gold standard, because he's up at 4 a.m., and he was the last one to leave the gym, right? First one mm -hmm. and last one out. All of these examples, it's pushing yourself to the point of improvement where you're not just going to settle and say, oh, JD's my friend. I know he's not going to say anything critical and I'm yep. not going to say anything critical of him. Um, 
I feel in the hot take of whether you should bring feedback from it, the employee should bring feedback for their manager onto the annual performance review. I say it's okay if they bring feedback, but just acknowledge there may not be an opportunity to spend time on it. But I want to put the responsibility here on the manager. The manager should openly ask, hey, is there anything you'd like to share with me in feedback and where I can improve as a manager, as your leader, as your mentor, as your boss, whatever the relationship is, they should ask that and open, open it up. I think we have to be careful how much time you spend on it, because just like everything else, you can use another meeting for some of that stuff, right? A review of a review meeting. Well, but I walk right into that one. <laughs> Um, but you do have to be, you just have to be careful how much time is set aside. Cause yeah. what I look for personally in the annual performance review from my employees, I look actually for their reflection. Maybe that's something we should talk about. Yeah. Like, like what is the manager looking for? Because every company, how do you align with the core values? You know, like how do you align with these five widgets that, that mm -hmm. are meaningful to the company as a true leader? I'm really looking for accurate reflection of that person. Did they come to the view with an accurate reflection of their performance, of their behaviors over the last 12 months? And you can easily see that in the systems, whether someone took the time to reflect, or you can hear that verbally, took the time to reflect, or are they coming defensively? Maybe I'm skipping a hot take. Like no one should be defensive in, in a performance review. It's a bad sign if you're defensive, right? right. It's just a bad sign. I think as an employee, you should be almost overly critical of yourself. Yes. If you do that and you dissect what you think your flaws are going into it, it may reduce the anxiety. There's not going to be as there'll, there'll always be surprises, but not as many surprises, yes. right? From that perspective. And I think you raise an excellent point where during the review process, if somebody doesn't take it seriously or they don't identify the <clears throat> areas improvement for themselves, it's not going to go well, right? That's and right. it may not go well f as far as a, a career path for that individual where you're going to run into more of these issues down the line yeah. and it starts at this process. Yeah. Why do you think it's called the annual disappointment review? I think we figured it all <laughs> out and it should never be disappointing. We actually have a lot to talk about. We keep talking. Um, we keep doing hot takes. Uh, if anyone, if anyone wants us to address a hot take, throw it on LinkedIn here. Maybe we could see it and we'll react to it. I'm always game for real time, yeah. real time questions. Um, it, you know, it's an annual disappointment review because we said for the most part, um, it, it doesn't lead to great. It doesn't make people feel good walking out of that, walking out of that meeting, right? Mm -hmm. We just don't, we don't feel great about it. And part of the reason why we unpacked here is, well, what are some of the reasons why you don't feel great? Okay. Well, you don't feel great because every year it happens. It doesn't matter what company you're in and you go into it and there is stress and anxiety. And in that stress and anxiety, you have salary a lot of times tied to it or around it. Mm -hmm. um, you go into it maybe not in the most receptive way of feedback or you don't agree with feedback. How do you react to it? Well, I want to react to it because I want it changed. Guess what? Feedback doesn't get changed. Rarely, rarely. I'm sure companies have a process for this, but rarely does feedback get changed because a manager should absolutely come prepared too. Right. And then we talk about some of the things, you know, to to make it more successful, stop having the annual disappointment review be only one time, like like do it over the course of time so you can build the relationship. Try to take a transactional approach away and make it more of a relationship 
discussion. Um, those are the things that make people feel like that person, that leader, that manager has my best interest in mind. They are not holding me back because they don't like me or because they're better friends with Tommy boy, right? Like, like it's not about friendship. If actually some advice for an employee, if it truly is about friendship, then you probably need to find a new, a, a new leader or manager to work for. You probably need to go find your champion. Again, champion within a few different levels. It doesn't have to be your, your direct champion. It could be a few different levels away. Knowing someone is looking out for your best interest as you grow your career. There's, you can't just have a champion that, that rah-rahs you, but not helping you grow your career. That's, that's you know, kind of a bit on friendship versus having a true trusting relationship. A sports analogy, fans boo their favorite teams all the time. It's because their performance yeah. isn't good enough. But when they cheer, it makes it all the more sweeter. Yeah. Um, and I think the, the Phillies are an example of that, where there was a Trey Turner, one of their big signings of the year, was on a historic drought of hits. Mm -hmm. And then impromptu, they gave him a standing ovation. I think he hit a home run and it, you know, started off the their run uh, eventually to the National League series or yeah. whatever it may be. But um, understanding that you can be critical of things that you are close to, things that you love, in order for them to improve, I think is, is very important. Yeah. I got a hot take for you. I got one after you. I think annual reviews should be done first thing in the morning on Mondays. Obviously, that's logistically impossible to do with everyone. But the reason why I think it should be done early in the week as opposed to late in the week is because it gives an employee time to make immediate changes. If they don't agree with something, it gives them time to dive back into work afterwards and not check out and go on the weekend and not pick anything up. But it also gives a manager a time to loop back around with the team at the end of the week and say, Hey, how have things been since we had our conversation? I know it wasn't the best. Have you noticed any changes? Is this working for you? Have you decided a different way to go about handling a project so that you can improve? No one's going to want to do a review first thing in the morning on Monday, but it's ripping the bandaid, right? Sure, it is getting sure. the, it's, to use the sales term, swallowing the frog, right? Yes. And getting it done and moving on. That's my hot take. Mondays get a bad rap. So uh, I think it was either Freakonomics or Super Freakonomics. Someone can look up and like tell me I'm wrong here or right. I believe they said that when court cases are done prior, just prior to lunch versus early in the day or just after lunch, there is a higher rate of conviction. <laughs> like someone should have, I don't want to spread misinformation, but I believe the book, went into that this is part of your point, right? Like, you know, there are times where we're more inclined to have do something and be in the right mindset. And if Monday morning's the right mindset and creates the best outcomes for employee managers, then bleh, rip off the bandaid, do it Monday morning. I would wait. I do yours maybe Friday afternoon personally, but, but for others, they could do it Monday. Friday afternoon at a, a bar with, you know, cold yeah. beer on tap. That sounds like <laughs> sounds like a good life. So here's my hot take, or here's a hot take, uh, and I know this answer. Yeah, but it's for the audience. We are so yin and yang. You and I yep. are so yin and yang about about 
what we need related to positive affirmation or negative yeah. affirmation. Is that a word? Negative affirmation? It Our content now. team will check or fact check that. So can you share openly with the audience? What is yeah. your preference? What what balance do you need of the positive and the negative for you personally? Yeah. Um, I prefer positive. I think that that is a, a regular thing that, that people would notice about me. It doesn't mean that I am opposed to negative feedback. I can take it and harness it. However, I do not do well with constant negative feedback. I curl up, shut down. I hyperanalyze everything. So I need that positivity to say, hey, it is going in the right direction, right? And they can be completely separate things. However, I, my wife tells me all the time, I need that positivity in my life to say, mm -hmm. you're on the right track. Otherwise, I will get in my own head and psychoanalyze everything and, and go into a tailspin. I need that. I don't think you do, right? From from that perspective, <laughs> that yin and yang. So what do, what do you, do you prefer positive or negative feedback? Well, preferring feedback is different. Yeah. And in, in there's preferring, accepting, or needing. Yeah. I don't need any negative, or sorry, I don't need any positive feedback. I've learned this about myself over the years. Mm -hmm. Like I get no positive feedback. Well, I don't get a lot of positive feedback, first of all. But, but I could get no positive feedback in a year of working constantly on major projects. And I could just get kind of negative feedback and I will be just as motivated. I just don't need it. But I don't need it from someone else, I think is the, the differentiator. I don't need it from someone else. I don't need it from my boss. Sorry, Hari. He's like, but he knows that. Hari knows that. Like, I don't need it from him. And I don't need it from Mahi. I, I don't yeah. need it from any of, of my leaders. Is it nice to get? Yeah, it's absolutely nice to get. I yeah. accept it when it's given. It's mm -hmm. nice to get. But I don't need it because I look at from an executive perspective, we have WBRs and metrics. So I can see in the reporting world of our operations where we are succeeding and failing. I, you see it. It's obvious. But so I don't need someone to reinforce whether we're doing a good job or whether we are not doing so well. Yeah. Um, and I say it to myself, right? I like, like to myself, I look at the data or I look at what's going on or I, I look at it really sometimes the employee faces and I go, okay, does it pass the sniff test? Are we doing okay? Like, or like good. So we're doing the right thing. And I feel that energy from the team. Yeah. Um, so we have, we have at the executive level, WBRs reporting statistics, they don't lie, mm -hmm. right? If they're doing well, you're doing good. If they're not doing well, you're not doing good. It's very black and white. Yeah. And from an emotional perspective or energy or positively, I can feel that from the team. Yeah. Um, but in my personal self, I'm always questioning, are we failing? Are we doing okay? Are we succeeding? And, and it's probably like that third rule. Yeah. A third of the time, I always feel like I'm failing. That's true. It might be more than a third. I do. I feel like that, but it drives me. It's not a negative motivator. Yeah. I, I'm just as motivated, positive or negative. That's me. Mm -hmm. um, so no, I don't need it. I, I actually, in my, I go into my reviews, uh, really not caring. Um, I, I, I don't care about the positive. That's fair. I actually care dearly about the negative because I want to improve. And I don't want to have to wait like every other employee. I don't want to have to wait a year to know where someone else above me thinks I can do better yeah. because I want to do better in real time. I want to do better all the time. Sometimes I may not realize it if it's not in a WBR statistic. 
I may not realize it. And that's, that's why I have a great mentor and leader that I roll up to yep. who's not afraid to give me the candid information. And he is not afraid to give me the positive reinforcement, but I just think he knows I don't need the positive reinforcement. So he'll spend that positive reinforcement on someone else. Well, and that, that positive reinforcement could be something as simple as here was an issue last week. And then that issue never gets brought up again, right? Then yes. there's your, your positive reinforcement because it's no longer an issue. You don't That's have to, right. it's not great job, JD. It's all right. On to the next yeah. thing to improve upon. Are you allowed to use the S U C K word on LinkedIn? You can, you, you I, could use suck. I think suck. Cliff has said worse. So, okay. <laughs> so what I'd say is I would love over the course of the year for us to do a montage of every time we are told we suck at something it like it would go on forever it would like it would go yeah. on for like six straight minutes of, of mm -hmm. situations talking about how like we suck at this 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 yep. yet while we're doing that we do amazing things yeah. and i think that's the difference it it is a uh it is a feeling that you can always improve that every time you're sucking at something, your next promotion is not being held from you. Yep. Every time you're sucking at something, your next pay raise is not being held from you. That is, I think, a great positive environment that most folks can get to. Although some people need to hear less about sucking yeah. and more about where they're doing well. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's a healthy balance. I agree. What else you got? Oh, you want to do any more hot takes? I don't see. I'm I'm good on hot takes. We talked about salary. We talked about we talked salary. about feedback being brought up to the managers. Feedback brought back to the managers. The type of feedback. Why they're called annual disappointment reviews? Yeah. So, J Justin, I'll do one one close up here. So, just a, one recap, right? To be able to go from kind of dredge to delight, and Devin and I's recommendation is that you really start breaking the mold from an employee manager relationship. Do that. Literally the words, try to have a more really relaxed relationship versus thinking every review, every one-on-one -on -one is this transactional thing that just goes back and forth because transactional discussions don't build trust in confidence in security. You need that security in order to be able to have the hardest discussions. You need to be able to have the consistent, not just once a year, the consistent feedback throughout the year so that that annual review does turn into something that you are relaxed and walking into in a very healthy mindset. We also, as an industry and as a world, need to normalize more salary conversations. We talked about that managers have all HR teams behind them that they can talk about and, and, and like debate salary conversations. Employees don't have that outlet. So if the manager or the leader is not their outlet to have safe conversations, where else are they going to have it? It's, it's going to turn into something unhealthy. So we need to build that healthier environment to have hard conversations. It doesn't have to be about salary, just in general, hard conversations. So by doing some of these things, walking into it, your reviews healthier, having more consistent, you know, relationship type conversations, you're going to feel much different come next year at this time when we're doing this. Uh, and we hope everyone has that success and feeling in their life. I agree. I think next year with this preparation, we'll feel less clowny going into an annual disappointment review. JD, thank you for joining. I appreciate the the very succinct wrap-up oh, as well. Yes. That's going to be a good clip that's going to make its round on socials. Banger. It's a banger. Before we go, 
Um, if you want to hear more from JD, if you want to hear more from Phenom, register for I Am Phenom coming up in April. You won't want to miss it. Um, it is the event of this the year. People call it the Coachella of the East. And by people, I mean really just me that calls it that. But you can head on over to IamPhenom.com to register now. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, everything uh, that Phenom does across all of your favorite social networks. This episode will be up on Spotify and Apple Music if you missed any of it later today. But you can always catch the replay on YouTube, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook. I hope everyone has a happy and healthy weekend. I wish you nothing but the best on your annual review this upcoming Monday morning at 9 a.m. And uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks so much. Bye. Town Experience Live, of course is proudly brought to you by the good folks here at Phenom, whose purpose is to help a billion people find the right job. Our intelligent talent experience platform, which helps candidates find the right roles faster, employees evolve in their current roles and beyond, recruiters achieve some next level productivity, and managers build better teams with data and analytics. And of course, all of this is powered by super slick artificial intelligence and machine learning. So head on over to phenom.com to learn more.